Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard, and we have a uh, special Christmas holiday edition of the Ducks and Pucks podcast. We're going to uh, do like we normally do, cover the games. The Ducks uh, lost some, won some, <laughs> lost some more, so a little bit of a roller coaster uh, of action that we'll get to. Um, the Ducks made uh, a couple moves, too, uh, one little minor trade, and uh, kind of picked up some people and moved some people around, a lot of injuries, so we'll talk about that. A little bit of trade talk as well. And then uh, some league news to finish it off. But uh, before we get to that, how are you doing, Eddie? Uh, <clears throat> we're coming up here on Christmas. You got all your shopping done? No, I haven't. <laughs> I'm one of those last-minute people. Uh, you know what? I actually forgot it was Christmas. So like my whole mind has been like not not like in the Christmas spirit. Uh, today, uh, you know, accomplishment. I hit my new personal record of uh, seven consecutive days of working out. I uh, started going to the gym a lot more. Hit the gym. I played hockey, uh, uh, hockey too, and just today's day seven, so like my mind's fried. But I, I'm doing pretty well uh, with all things considering, just uh, trying to be healthier, get back in the gym, a daily routine, and uh, just kind of enjoying life. I went to a, that In My Phil's concert in L.A. Uh, last weekend. That was pretty fun. I went with my buddy. Um, I have to give a shout-out to LAPD, uh, the way they enforced it, the way that the traffic control, real professional the questions I had, because like this is my first time ever being at the uh, the Galaxy Stadium, they were all polite. Their shoes were polished. They looked good. Um, it, it was it was good. I kudos to them. Shout out. I know they get a bad rep a lot uh, in the media because the media likes to show them as, as the bad guys, but they were really really cool guys. Um, there was one beautiful girl I wanted to marry. I went to her and confessed that I jaywalked, tried to get a, a court date with her. That didn't work. <laughs> no, but <laughs> yeah, it, it was overall good. I've been having a good time. It just. Just uh, I'm just ready for this Christmas to just to get over with and and move on to, with the year and go from there. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, we we uh we're almost done. We're we're hosting, so plenty of stuff uh, that we're you know getting done and uh, wrapped up. So <clears throat> we're almost there. So well, what about you, Mike? It's been a couple of weeks since we've been talking on the podcast. I, I feel like I haven't talked to you in years, right? I know. Just uh, I've been like sick on and off. Unfortunately, I probably sound a little nasally right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, that's really it. Just trying to get everything ready, uh, around the house for the show. Um, you know, uh, for having all the family over and whatnot. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, that's really it. I've just been kind of working and resting in between. I just, uh, kind of been in and out of it. So, um, that's really it. Nothing, nothing really super exciting. Just, uh, you know, watching the games and, and, and watching this craziness unfold, Eddie. So what are you going to buy yourself for Christmas? That's the most important thing I want to ask. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I, ha- I haven't bought myself anything yet, so I don't know. I'll, I'll have to figure it out. Maybe, maybe uh, I don't know, some Ducks gear or something. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I, well, I, I'm trying to buy myself a new car, but that's hell. Like, I want to buy a new car for Christmas for myself. It's that time already. But it's so stressful shopping for a new car. And then I had a MK Chevrolet Chino Hills excessively call me I, I put in an inquiry about an audi that i was wanted to test drive and i just get phone call after phone call after phone call annoying harassing phone calls i finally had to talk to someone today a general manager like look i'm all i would have considered you guys and would have went in for a test drive but just the way that you guys came at me with 
11 phone calls in the last week and a half, not to mention the two text messages and I want to say like six emails. I'm like, no, hell no. It's just, you know what? I, I'm at the point right now because my buddy's really good at negotiating and stuff. I might just pay him a case of beer or give him some money to negotiate a deal for me. I just got to find the right car. I'm real picky and stuff. It's been, what, since 2013 when I bought my Scion when I was stationed in Texas. So it's like I really have an emotional attachment to that car. But yeah, so I got to gotta just suck it up. So I'll probably buy myself a Slurpee for uh, for Christmas and just call it a day. <laughs> Well, you know, one thing we did have happen, too, in this last break uh, is uh, somebody hacked our, well, not, I shouldn't say hacked, but they they created another Instagram account. Uh, they called it Duck in Pucks, and we were doing the giveaway of the autographed um, Grant jersey, and they, <laughs> they were contacting all our followers, getting them to follow them, and uh, they're trying to give away the jersey, and that was a, kind of a nightmare for a couple of days I was trying to deal with because... A lot of people were messaging us on the account, asking us if this other account was us, and um, it, it kind of delayed, honestly, us doing the giveaway for a little bit because, you know, all these people thought they had won because this person was contacting them all and then asking for all their personal information, like some complete a-hole, man. I just, I hate that. You hear about that stuff all the time, and, and here we are. We, we, we got victim. I mean, I didn't hear anybody get their stuff. You know, they didn't give their info. It sounded like everybody that contacted us didn't, but... Now, I was just really annoyed. I had to deal with that for a couple of days, Eddie. Oh, I bet. And be very, very careful. I got my certifications in cybersecurity, so I, I, I have a, a little bit of expertise on, on what these, these I'm going to call them assholes, do to try to get your information and stuff like that. So just be really, really careful. Check the following. Ducks and Pucks is not going to have 500 followers. It just, just out of nowhere. We're not going to lose all our followers. So just be re really careful. Look at the spelling, check things. When in doubt, contact Mike, contact myself, and I'll contact Mike. And and not just for Ducks and Pucks either. If you guys find like emails from Amazon, your credit card, your bank, just be really vigilant and be really just paranoid. If you have to call, call your bank. Don't call the numbers to provide it. Just call your bank, go into the bank, show someone. Or hell, just if you're really that spent on it, just walk into your local police department and just make sure to pick their brain and check that because there's a lot of assholes out there trying to steal your hard-earned money and, and they don't deserve that. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was annoying. And that's what they did is they used our logo and just changed the spelling. So uh, sorry about that, folks. But, I mean, we, we did get that account booted off and uh, we were able to give away the jersey, so it all worked out, thankfully. Um well, let's uh, let's dig into the games. Just remind you that we're part of the Old City Sports Network. Uh, one of their sponsors is Norse Beards. Um, you can check them out at norsebeards.com. Use the code OCS to get 25% off uh, their grooming products. All right, so with the Ducks, <clears throat> what a mess. Um, <laughs> they lost uh, three games in a row recently. They played the Sharks, the Senators, and the Leafs. And, uh, I, I, man, at the end of the Leafs game, I, I was extremely upset. But... The Ducks had one game at home to finish since we did our last show. They, they played the Sharks. Then they had five games on the road. And uh, not really much to say about the Sharks game. I mean, uh, it was one nothing at the end of the first period. Then they kind of got knocked out after that. Um, you had Stolars that had to come in. Um, you had Carrick fighting in there, too, towards the end. Uh, not, not really much to say about this game. Just overall terrible performance. Um I guess the just the funny part to it, I, if it is fun, you know funny, but the the two brothers played right. You had Jason and Jacob Megna squaring off. The Ducks had uh, claimed um, Jason off waivers, and it was funny seeing them together because Jacob is way taller than Jason. 
So I ended up posting that photo of twins with Arnold and Danny DeVito because they were almost standing the same way, Eddie. And I, I just a lot of people laugh. I just that's that's the only like thing I could take away from this game that was even worth anything because I mean this this is one of the worst games uh, the Ducks had played uh, this season. Oh yeah, it has to be against the Sharks too. I think the only thing that made it like tolerable when like that gift that you jump out the window was uh you posting that that was the funniest thing i've seen like once i saw it, I, I literally was laughing out loud it wasn't just a, a, a lol i put no i was like i couldn't believe you did that i was just funny it's just see when, when things like that come to your mind you just you, you run with it how creative it is it's just it's funny as hell but yeah that was the only uh the only good thing about that game we can uh we can move forward about that and you know what ps screw the sharks yeah that that game was bad and and then <clears throat> this kind of started too, so the Ducks are losing. Uh, we talked about them playing the Senators on the last show, how it was a revenge game. Then, you know, get up for them. Let's let's beat them. And uh, no, you know, n- n- nothing worked in this game. They they got down early uh, with a goal in the first uh, you know five six minutes. Then another goal in the power play. They were down two nothing, and uh, they gave up another power play goal in the third period. Um, I was really frustrated with this game. You had uh, Dostal had to come up, right? Because Gibson wasn't feeling well. You also had um, Stolarz ended up getting hurt. So, so the Ducks started rolling with Dostal like basically this last week or so. And um, I, I and we'll get to Dostal. A lot of questions that you guys asked and how he's playing. I, I mean, I thought he played great, but um, you know, they just it was just bad. I mean, they had you know five shots on goal in the opening period. I mean, what, what are you guys doing? That's like unacceptable. And you, you left your goalie out to dry on a 3-on-0 rush. And, I mean, he did stop it at the end of the second period. But um, just this is just rough, man. Uh, this game, 3 uh, nothing. Um, I mean, obviously not as bad as the Shark game, losing 6-1. to But you and I have talked about this, Eddie, uh, about having you know, that passion and, and whatnot. And I just felt, I felt like it was lacking this game. And, I, and it was frustrating because I thought Dostal himself played great. But I just the team in front of them just uh, wasn't really there. Yeah, it's just I, I get it, the tanking, and I'm all with it. Like these ducks are rebuilding, and I, I keep saying that there's going to be a light at the end of that tunnel, and this team's going to be a badass team. But I, I figured you want some more revenge for uh, against the Senators, and also with, with Dostal coming in playing his for the, the first start of the season, like have his back, get him that that early dub. And you didn't. You just you didn't show up to play at all. You just it's just I don't know what was going on. There's no sense of urgency to to get those wins. I yes I get it. Maybe you're tanking. I know uh, players don't like to. Or people don't like to talk about that. I, I know I, I I would hope that players don't like to have that in their mind, which I think hockey players don't because they're so competitive. But at least have some uh, some kind of sense of urgency to to get some uh, important wins or revenge wins. Um, one thing about Dostal too, I want to share with you guys, if you guys didn't know, Dostal was the first goalie in goals history to score an empty net goal, and he became the 17th goalie in AHL history to do that, so that's a little fun fact about Dostal, so, I, I think he played decent, he played well, or no, he played well in this game, he just didn't have any support from his team. Yeah, exactly, and, uh, <clears throat> it's just rough, and the injuries are just getting crazy with this team right now. Uh, I mean, if you're for the for the tanking, it, it's helping you. But um, you had uh, Henrique had got hurt in the first period of this game. He came back. You had Jones go out, and then um, you go into this next game against the Leafs, 
Jones is out there for warmups. He can't go, so the Ducks have to go with the 11-7 lineup. They had to go with that a lot during this stretch just because they just didn't have the players. And then he even had Gibson get started in this game. He, he was you know feeling sick, but then he comes in this one. Then he gets hurt. He goes out. Uh, Dostal had to come in. Um, and, and I think there's really not a whole lot to say about this game either. Uh, I, this was probably the worst game, if not one of the worst games, and the, and the Ducks got blown out 7 nothing, Eddie. Yeah, it, it was just, it, it was bad. Gibson played decent, and I, I, it was cool when Gibson was in there. I, I liked his play, but the Ducks just didn't show up to this game either. Like, I, it's like, I don't know what is going on. They, like... I would say like they deserve to be in the AHL, but they probably would have got blown up too, like the way they played this game. So it's just, and you know what pissed me off about this game too? I, I know I'm like like probably going out of the whole topic stuff, but Matt Murray wasn't even in net, and I have him for like one of my fantasy teams that I pay I, I paid to play. So not like that. That's weird. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, and Matt Murray wasn't even in net, so that's what pissed me off more. But this game was this game was rough to watch. The Ducks just they had nothing going on with like that. They were just I think the best player they had was Gibson, and then he went out, and that was it. It just they got just destroyed. Yeah, I mean, I don't know this game. I, I really thought too that uh, I don't know. I was just thinking about Dallas Aikens, and I was like, oh man, like is he gonna get fired? <laughs> you know, because we were talking about it. We were like, hey, they have to have a lot of bad games and lose, and you know, they lose six one to Sharks. They lose three three nothing centers, seven nothing to Leafs. I'm like, oh man. I'm like, we got two more games on this trip. Like, how's this going to go? And then <clears throat> this roller coaster we're talking about, the Ducks, you know, they, they go for the dump. They take on the Canadians, and then they play one of their best games. They they beat Montreal 5-2. Dostal starts. Again, they had to go to the 11-7 lineup. But the, the Ducks built a lead for once. Um, they gave it away. Uh, Montreal came back, but then the Ducks scored again and, and it went on to win this one five to two i i, I was really shocked because i thought man if they lose to montreal like what's going to happen and instead they turned up one of their best performances eddie oh i know and then klingberg came to play too he scored the, the two goals like he's showcasing right there like oh every, everyone look at klingberg like he's he, he's tearing it up now and i'm not tearing it up but he had a uh, he had those two goals so yeah it's kind of weird how it comes they they come with with the senators they come with toronto they don't score a goal. They get completely blown out and then come and beat the Canadians. So I'm glad they did. I still can't see Aikens getting fired. Um, well, I guess we'll talk about that later in the show. But, yeah, I, I, it felt good to see the Ducks win, even though I'm all for the tank and, and them losing and, and being that bottom so we can get that first overall. But it, it does feel good to watch the team win sometimes. Yeah, and this one <clears throat> was like a, a decent game, too. It wasn't, you know, like a lucky win. Like, you had Terry scoring on the power play, uh, you know, Klingberg back in the lineup and actually scoring, um, you know, and then you, you see Montreal gets back in it, but the Ducks didn't, you know, collapse because that's usually what happened. Instead, Klingberg gets another goal. They have that 3-2 to two lead, and then obviously, you know, they get those insurance markers late in the game. But uh, actually, a, a, a decent game overall, the way that they played. Uh, surprisingly, and, um, you know, they look good, um, you know, for this team, you know, finally, like, a decent win, um, and then they had the uh, the Oilers after that, again, like we said, Dostal in there, another 11-7 lineup, 
Um, and this game, a little bit different, but the Ducks also built a two-goal lead in this one. They got down early 1-0. You thought, okay, they might just wilt away. No. Ducks score three in a row in this game. And uh, Edmonton doesn't go away. They come back. They get back-to-back power play goals. Uh, and it's a 3-3 game. You think, oh, sh- you know, crap, the Ducks screwed. Nope. Klingberg scores. They, they go up 4-3. And they end up winning this one. So they had two games back-to-back. Uh, where they were up by two goals, gave up the leads, and still went on to win. <clears throat> the one against the Canadians, obviously, was a much more solid effort. The one against the Oilers, holy crap. I mean, they really had to hang on in that third period, whereas in Montreal, you know, they took it to the Canadians, uh, uh, you know, uh, pretty much, you know, most of the game. The, the Edmonton one, I mean, that last 20 minutes was, uh, I mean, it was scary. After they got that goal to make it 4-3, to three, uh, there was about 14 minutes left, and I mean, good lord, they had to lean on Dostal so much in that game because there was 49 shots on goal, and he ends up saving 46 of them, which is the third most by a rookie this season. Uh, just crazy, uh, you know. Happy that they won, but this one was was definitely not a pretty win. Yeah, uh, Mike, maybe you could edit this later, but I think you're mistaken on these notes. You said Ducks Edge Oilers. Uh, I think you meant to say Dostal Edge Oilers because there was no really Ducks coming in there. Dostal played his ass off. The best game that we've seen him, and if we got a small sample size on what this this goalie is going to be, that's freaking awesome. Like it Just just the way he plays, he stood on his head. We've seen his capabilities now against this Oilers team. Oilers have... I want to say arguably two of the best players in the world playing on their team, and they came in with everything they gotten. They were shooting everything but the kitchen sink at him, and he stood on his head, and he's the reason why they got this win. It wasn't the Ducks' win that that night. It was Dostal's win. I do want to congratulate, too, Sam Carrick getting his first goal of the season and also uh, Magna on his first point as a Duck. But, yeah, this was the whole Dostal show, and there was really no one else there to, to help. Yes, yeah, we had the scoring, but... The defense just wasn't there to help him out. Like, come on, you're getting your ass just handed to you. Like, 23 shots in the third period to two. Like, what are you doing? That's just absolutely nuts. But I'm glad that that he showed everyone what he uh, he can do. And, and like you said, we have a small sample size of him. This goalie is something special, and I'm glad the Ducks have him. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing what else he can bring to the team. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I almost did change the title, too, of the recap. I almost said, you know, I almost put, like, uh, Ducks, quote, Dostal, or Dostal, quote, Ducks, Edge, Oilers, you know, because you're right. I mean, this game was 49 to 17 shots. That's ridiculous. I mean, and the Ducks got, you know, four goals out of those 17 shots. I mean, yeah, they they got lucky to get this win for sure, and, and Dostal was the reason. They also, this game could have maybe gone to overtime, too, because the Oilers did have another goal in this game, and it was taken away uh, with goalie interference, which <clears throat> I was curious to see what they were going to do. And uh, you know, you know, the Oilers are probably upset about that, Eddie. They're probably they're probably thinking, "Oh, Ryan Kessler, you know, he interfered with our guy, and they didn't call it. And now here, here they call an interference on them." So I bet there's a little salt <laughs> in the wound on on this loss for them. Oh yeah, Kessler was always going to live rent free in their head. Like, and, and the fact that he played for Vancouver too, it's probably going to piss him off even more. But you know what? I, I'm glad. I'm glad the Ducks got a win. Uh, I think the Oilers are one of those teams too, where like I know I'm all with the tank, but the Sharks, the Wild, the Oilers, the Kings, I want them to get wins from. But I mean, obviously they didn't get a win against the Sharks, but I'm glad they got a, a win. I'm glad Dostal got them a win against the Oilers. 
Yeah, and then, then a weird bit of scheduling. The Ducks finished off the road trip in L.A. and then played the Wild at home. And, uh, man, they lost both these games 4-1. to one. They're very similar games where they, they played well or decent in the first 30 minutes but then didn't play as well in the second half of the games. Um, Dostal was a net for both, which I thought was kind of interesting. I would have liked to see Erickson Eck and net the second game so he could go against his brother. Uh, it would have been a great storyline, but they didn't do that. Uh, yeah, and, and, and these games are just uh, rough. I, I felt the, the one against the Kings, I, 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 they were almost tied at, at the end of two, gave up that late goal, kind of a momentum swing, and then the Kings got another one in the beginning of the third, and I, I think that pretty much just ended it uh, for them. And then with the Wild, they were tied at the end of two, gave up two quick goals in the third, and that was the end of it there. So they didn't play great in these games. I, I felt like they played okay in the beginning. Um, but, you know, once the other teams pulled away, then, I mean, it, it was just game over at that point in both these games. And they took too many penalties in both these games. It, the penalties were just driving me nuts uh, in these games. They had, uh, let's see, in the, in the game against the Kings, they had, they had five power plays. And in the game against the Wild, they had six that they had given uh, to Minnesota. So not not good discipline in these two games, Eddie. Oh no, definitely not. And you're right; like these games kind of mirrored each other. It seemed like it was similar. The uh, I guess games the Ducks played. Um, Justin Kirkland got called up. That's awesome. Like I'm glad Costco let him go. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty bad. <laughs> I'm just playing. No, it just. Um, yeah, it seemed like the Ducks had this against the Kings. They were playing well. Kings have been playing pretty decent. They've been having uh, some goaltender issues. That's why they sent Cal Peterson down to the A. But then Copley comes up, and he's been playing lights out. The battle of, like, I want to call the battle of the third-stream goalies. Uh, I think Copley just had that one bad game where he let up, like, five or six goals, and he's been playing lights out for, for the Kings and getting them wins. He kind of temporarily took over the starting spot from uh, – from Jonathan Quick, and, and, and one of those goalies like that, like a journeyman, I, I like to see, even though he's a Kings player, I like to see that, just uh, someone working their ass off and, and, and earning that. He got called up because Cal Peterson just wasn't doing it, and he got called up just, I guess, to back up Jonathan Quick and ends up taking kind of the temporary starting role, so it's kind of good to see. And then I do want to shout out uh, Kevin Fiala's goal. That goal was was pretty much top-notch, and that was, there's nothing docile could have done to that uh, with that, but that was a pretty good goal. But it sucks to lose to the Kings. I I, I just didn't want to like respond to people that were like messaging me because I have a lot of friends that are Kings fans, a lot of guys I I play hockey with that are Kings fans. So just like one of those things where you should have lost to the Kings. You know what sucks about the schedule too? Why did it wait so long for the Ducks and Kings to play? Like ignite this rivalry again, get them going. It's it's too soft. It's like these guys are just gonna just give each other flowers after the game. Like, come on, playing tummy sticks or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't understand that either because the other thing is they're only playing three times this year, which is weird because a lot of times, you know, it'd be four or five games. I remember way back when when they had a lot of the games um, scheduled in the division and they would play the Kings like six, seven times a year, you know, along with the Sharks and the other teams. So, yeah, very weird. And, and I didn't really feel much of a rivalry again in this game. Yeah, there's some jawing back and forth and, and hits here and there, but not like we've seen in the past. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but it just, uh, yeah, just rough. You know, the Ducks, um, like I said, the, both these games, they were tied, you know, halfway through these games or, 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 you know, right up to the 
end of the second period, and then uh, just uh, fell apart in the third period. The one thing I didn't like in the Wild game was not not only the whole goalie thing. Like I don't know why. Like give Erickson Eck his, his chance. I mean, you gave you gave Costco his chance, right? Um, I, I just I didn't like that, but I didn't like what Aikens did with the lineup. You played the Kings the night before, and then he mixed up all the lines. He mixed up the top uh, three lines. He split up uh, Zegras and Terry. He had people all over the place um, because even though they were tied in, in that first period uh, against the Wild, they, they didn't really get a lot of shots. That was one thing. They weren't getting a lot of uh, chances uh, going. You know, I mean, they didn't let the Wild score either, but they were outshot 9-4 to four in that first period. And uh, they just really could not get sustained pressure. And then Dallas switched the lineup back to, to similar to what we had seen before. And then I thought the Ducks, you know, played pretty decent in the second period. You know, they got that first goal, McTavish on that awesome breakaway. Um, you know, but then uh, Minnesota came back. I think what was unfortunate is there was a, a goal in there that Dostal gave up, and I think he wanted back that went off his glove. That you know he had a piece of it, and he could have stopped it. Um, uh, but you know, ended up uh, giving them. Um, the advantage there, and then you know they ended up getting a power play goal too, and, and going ahead there. So I, th- I think there's one goal that you know Dossel could have stopped. But overall, I mean the way he's played in this stretch of games has been fa- fantastic. So um, you know kudos to him. But uh, yeah, it, it's just weird. It's been it's been a roller coaster. You know you, you saw them lose these three games so bad, then then they play well against Montreal. They don't play so well against Edmonton to win. And then you have these two games where they, they play kind of so-so in the beginning, and then they fall apart in the third, Eddie. It's just, uh, I don't know, you, yeah, you know, I, I guess the Ducks are like a box of chocolates. You just don't know what you're going to get every night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the I love movies, so that's a good quote. Um, you know what? The, this team, it's just... And I... I, I... I know we have a fan question about our, our head coach, so I'll, I'll hold my I'll reserve my comments until uh, we, we talk about that fan certain question about him. But it's just, this team is really bad. Like I know we had a fan question a few shows ago about oh are the Ducks going to be like the St Louis Blues? Are they going to just like turn it around? They fire the coach or something? Absolutely not. This team has no fire, no no spark in them. If you go to a fireworks stand and buy one of those sparklers, uh, that's probably more of a spark than the Ducks have what I've seen so far this season. So I, I wouldn't go and take that 30,000 to 1 odds on the Ducks winning uh, the Pacific or the Stanley Cup. It's just they haven't they haven't really been here. And, and the whole storyline, too, I, I tweeted out uh, to uh, Michael Russo of The Athletic, which he's probably one of my favorite writers, even though he writes for the Wild. Um, Eric is an ex, should have got that start. Like, like why put Dosto back-to-back? He had a good storyline there. You're a, you're a crap team right now. Let's see what this kid had. Like a fourth stream goalie comes in, he lights it up. That's a good storyline. Brother against brother, uh, brothers on a breakaway, brother saves it. It's just like come on, like there's not a lot of stuff in Ducks land to be happy about. So just give us a little bit something where we can we can smile about or, or have that good little positive storyline. Yeah, I agree, and, and that that brings us to our next uh, segment where we'll talk we'll talk about the Ducks. We'll go over all the stuff that's been going on lately with the team. A uh, lot a lot of you had uh, fan questions. Uh, Eddie brought some of them. We'll dive into those too. So the situation with the Ducks now is it's rough. I mean, you, you've got Gibson and Stolars out now. You've got Dossel that's playing every start, and just like Eddie said, yeah, you had a perfect opportunity to have Eckerson Eck in there against Minnesota. They did not do that. You have uh, Jones and Grant are now out as well, and it's been rough. Uh, 
one thing that was kind of interesting too during this time is uh, there there was talk. Tamu was on uh, Twitter talking about Eli um, Tovalin, uh, you know, finished player went down on waivers on um, recently, and it was kind of funny. He made a comment about hoping that the Ducks would get him. So I, I shot him a text like, you know, what do you think about it? And he actually was like, oh, I already talked to the team. I gave him the rundown. He um, said he, he, he gave him like a, a kind of a snapshot of, you know, what this guy's done and how great he would be. And so then it was kind of interesting. He thought, well, what, maybe maybe they'll go kind of pick him up. I mean, you picked up Magna, right? This guy seems like he's more of an offensive threat. And then he didn't get picked up. And so it was kind of like, okay. And, and he fell all the way to Seattle, which was a shock. And then, and then I text uh, Tamu, let him know, and uh, he texts me back, Eddie. Fuck, <laughs> and that's it. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't say anything else. He just texted me the f word. I was like, oh man, Tamu's pissed off, man. Like, like, cause he he really he talked to the team and get and like he had like a scouting a quote scouting report he told me on him and everything, and so they didn't go get this guy. He's mad, and then the Ducks do this little three way trade and they bring back Delzado and everybody's like, oh yeah, whatever. So. Uh, that's kind of where we're at, but, um, you know, the Ducks didn't get the forward and they brought in, um, Delzado, uh, and, and that's kind of where we're at right now, Eddie. Yeah. I made a graphic for that guy too. I really thought the Ducks were going to pick him up. They're dead last that time. So they're first in the, in the waiver wire. I know someone commented on Twitter saying that, oh, well, they picked up someone on waiver. So they go to the, the, the back of the list. It doesn't work that way. It's just... The waiver wire works is whoever's last gets the first pick and it goes up from there. So I was literally surprised that Ducks didn't take a chance on him. Uh, he has a lot of upside and there's no really like downfall for him. Or even take a chance and he starts lighting it up, give him some more minutes, use him as trade bait. Just, I don't understand the Ducks logic uh, and what they're thinking about that. Uh, it's just really puzzling to me. I almost thought it was Murray uh, back in the GM spot just having too much whiskey or something. But like, damn. But you know what? Uh, I know how, how it's been, like, this whole like negative stuff about the Ducks. I, I do want to give a shout-out to, to Solani, though. I woke up last uh, last Monday to a nice little message from him. Uh, I posted on Twitter because I know I had some like some rough times ahead, and I was like dealing with some stuff, and I just wasn't in the right place. And I finally, like, I'm in the right place and state of mind, mind, body, and soul with, with how I'm doing. And I posted that tweet and I get a message from him just saying he's glad I'm doing uh, I'm, he, that he was glad I'm doing well and everything and and Merry Christmas Happy Holidays so that was really really that really could lifted my spirits up right there and fired me up but that's just like a test as to what he is as a professional athlete like he's not just a professional athlete he's just this guy really cares about people it just he, I think he's one of the greatest people in the world and. Like I said, he's one of my favorite. He is my top favorite and best professional athlete ever in the world. Yeah, I'm right there with you, and uh, yeah, that's why that's why I hit him up when I, I saw his little message too. And it's cool that he talked to you as well. And and then when he texted me the f word, I was like, oh, I'm just gonna leave him alone. <laughs> I'm not gonna bug him <laughs> after this point. I'm like, he's gonna be like, what the hell, dude? Like, so he was frustrated. So yeah, like, what's the like whole logic of that? Like, w- why not pick him up? Mike, like it just doesn't make any sense at all. Like you have the opportunity. If he doesn't work out, put him on waivers. Someone else will pick him up. Seattle would have picked him up. They picked him up. Like why not give him a chance to see what he has? Like I said, if you don't want to keep him for long term, trade bait. Come trade deadline. It, it just like I don't know what was going on with the Ducks, uh, with the management, the GM. Like why not? And I, I, that's one thing I, I would ask if I could. Like, why didn't you pick him up? Like, I, I, I know he doesn't owe anyone explanations of what he's doing. That's his business. He's a GM, but it's like, 
okay, what's your what's your mindset? Is your mindset full 100% tank? Cool. Let us know. I know the New York Rangers years ago got a lot of shit because their GM posted a letter to their fans and, and their, uh, their season ticket holders saying, you know what? Right now, we're shutting it down. We're going to go full rebuild. We're not going to be competitive. Never will give them the crap about that. But you know what? I think that's the right thing to do. And they let their fans know what's going on. And I like that line of, like, the whole communication uh, from it. But you're not picking up. I just, I still can't even try to think of an excuse why they didn't pick him up. Yeah, uh, two things. One is, <clears throat> at the time, I'm pretty sure the roster had 23 players on it. Um, so that, that could have been an issue, but that's still not really, because even if you picked him up, you could have sent someone that was waiver exempt down and the ducks didn't do that. Uh, that would, could have been an option, um, on there, uh, for that. And then, uh, as far as, uh, I forgot you, uh, you mentioned, uh, you had another point in there I wanted to get, oh, as far as the, the waivers too, um, yeah, whoever's talking about the waivers, they don't like reset. So if you're last and you claim someone on waivers, and like two, three days later, you're still last, and you put in a claim, you're still first. So it, it's it's the reverse order uh, on that day of the standings, and it doesn't matter if you had you know 50 waiver pickups or zero. So it's just that that's how it works. It's just reverse order by your record. So yeah, but yeah, I'm with you. And then and then then they go out and do this this triple trade and, and get Delzato, and then more people are like, what the hell is this? You know, they end up sending Daniel Regan to Detroit. And they get him. Uh, and, and this one, it made a little bit more sense when he thought about it. I, I think it's more of a depth move. They did it also before the trade freeze. Um, as you guys all know, this week, there's no trading. Uh, uh, most moves you can't do other than some emergency things and whatnot. So not till the 28th uh, can they make trades. But they did this right before. And I think it was a depth move because if they trade Klingberg, you know, depending on what the team's at, they don't necessarily need to get a de- defenseman in return, um, you know, unless something changes. Also, Delzado is known to the, the team, is I, I think another reason. But a, a little thing in here, too, that I think is interesting, maybe foreshadows, maybe not. Uh, it could be a big nothing. But you have Eisenman and Verbeek working on this trade, doing this right. So not saying that another trade will happen down the road, but you know the line of communications are definitely open between these two guys, Eddie. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I, I guess you could say, too, when people talk about future considerations, maybe this is like part of it. But you know what? I like Dalzado coming back to the Ducks. He's he's one of those guys in the locker room that you want. I, I know he's a fitness nut. I've heard that on uh, that Spit and Chicklets podcast. Where they're talking about him. He's, just, he's one of those people that they're going to elevate your locker room, that's going to get everyone going. Uh, he's a pretty good DJ, too, if you guys uh, during the quarantine didn't follow him uh, on his Instagram. He was just... He was mixing it up. So uh, if the Ducks are looking, no, I'm so, no, no, Ducks aren't looking for someone. They have a great guy with DJ uh, Jojo over there. But yeah, you know, this move was confusing. Everyone got pissed off, but it makes sense. And I'm glad that he came back to the Ducks. Uh, came back in California. It seems like he that it's something that he likes too, and the Ducks like having him. Um, uh, I'm all for it. And Mike, your your whole breakdown of the trade, it, it was perfect. It was great, and you made a lot of points. If you guys didn't read his breakdown, I suggest you go and read it because he he really uh, he really hit a lot on the markers and really it really made sense to people that were talking about like saying it didn't make sense. But Mike, you really broke it down and analyzed his trade really well. Yeah, because it seemed like a small trade, and it was like, oh, they did this trade. Yeah, they did it before the trade freeze. Okay, but then you had to think, okay, what are they trying to do here, right? And this will go into some more trade talk stuff in a little in a little bit here. 
But, uh, you know, it just made sense to add some depth defensively because if you're for sure going to trade Klingberg, which, I mean, we don't know for sure, but we all talk about it, and now he's playing better, uh, you know, which is helping, um, you know, you, you might not want to have to get a defenseman back. Now maybe you can work those options out. I mean, um, you know, we know Drysdale's out. He's not going to come back uh, at all or maybe not till the end of the season. But uh, you don't have to worry about that uh, as far as if, if the team, you know, this is a similar situation. Obviously things can change. But, uh, but yeah, check out the article. It's on there. I, I really went into it and talked about a lot of different uh, angles with this trade. It seemed like a minor trade. But it, it was and it wasn't. I mean, you you know, we discussed it at length here. But uh, I'm really curious to see, too, if the Ducks do anything with Detroit down the road. So, um, uh, Well, we have, a Darren, uh, we have Dylan Lark in the UFA. And rumors have it that he's not going to return to uh, Detroit for some reason. I wouldn't mind having him a center or a first-line center or second-line center. He'd be a, a good per, a person to have. I that just like popped my mind just like spontaneously. So like next next show I'll, I'll do some more research on him and give you more stats and then what he can bring to the team. But that was just like one of the players when you mentioned Detroit that popped my mind. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't rule out Detroit and the Ducks. Uh, you know, at the at the dead uh, deadline or in the next you know month or so. So uh, you know I think about it because obviously those two are talking. So I think that's a big thing. Um, we got a lot of fan questions, so we'll just dive into them because they, they all, you know, relate to the team and, and trade stuff. And then, then we'll go briefly talk about uh, the goals in the World Juniors and then league news. But uh, don't forget, we're the Old City Sports Network podcast. Uh, another uh, sponsor they have, if you like beef jerky, is uh, RighteousFelon.com. Uh, you can go on there and get 15% with OCSN uh, discount. And also, they have a, a lot of sponsors. I, I might not name all of them on the show, but if you check in our, the description box of the podcast, they're listed on there with all the codes. So there's a lot of uh, good sponsors on there um, from Old City Sports Network. And I, I love beef jerky too, so I'm, I'm all for it. Like beef jerky is, a, is my beef jerky and Hershey's, that Hershey's chocolate with nuts has been my kryptonite. Like I've been trying to eat healthier and be better, but I'll go and go to the gas station i'll see that and like i I just it's an addiction i can't i can't stop it it's like oh grab the hershey's or grab that beef jerky you have to eat it so i i I need to try that and i'll probably order it and i'll try it on the the next show live and i'll tell you how i i I like it but i'm real plain though i like like just barbecue teriyaki just regular beef jerky i hate spicy crap so it's just not gonna work if it's spicy for me i'm with you too i'm a big jerky fan too Uh, i'll get it at the gas station too but i'm with you i stay away from the spicy stuff (laughs) all right so we got a lot of fan questions a couple about the team and then a lot of lot of trade kind of stuff in the coach eddie alluded to we'll just dive into it we got a bunch um we had uh stephen murphy asked us a lot on facebook he asked us what we thought about docile's role this last week or week and a half now uh, you know, do we think we'll get a bigger role, and and do we think uh, one of the other goalies will be traded? Um, so, I mean, Dostal, I think honestly, I thought he got overutilized in these last two games. I don't think he should have played in that game against the Wild back to back. But I, I think, yeah, I mean, you've got Stolars now in the IR, and we don't really have much information on Gibson. He's just been out. He was sick and then injured, and we don't know what's going on with him. So, I think. Uh, for the time being, yeah, we're going to see a lot of uh, Dostal uh, at least in the next month or so because if Gibson and Stolarz both aren't healthy, or even if only one is, uh, Dostal's going to be the guy. So I like his performance. Uh, 
you know, he had a, a 904 save percentage. Uh, goals against was 366, which, you know, I, I don't really look at that too much, uh, you know, given the defense in front of him. Um, but he, he was doing good with his, his advanced stats as far as not giving up as many goals as the team was projected to give up or he was projected to give up. He was kind of under that in some of these games. So I, I like what I've seen. Um, and I only saw that one bad goal uh, against the Wild where he got a glove on it but but kind of mis, misjudged it or misplayed it. Uh, other than that, I, I think he's been spectacular in net. And I, I, I really think he's here to stay the rest of the season unless Stolarz and Gibson are both healthy. Uh, or like like he uh, Stephen talked about, one of them gets traded. We've talked about that. We've talked about both Gibson or Stolarz being traded. Um, so it's interesting to see what what kind of direction because you have Gibson in his contract, and Eddie and I've talked about this before. You're going to roll with Gibson uh, and fill out his contract, or are you going to trade him, try to get some assets, uh, and go with uh, Dostal and Stolarz? You know what, what are you going to do? I, I mean. I don't know if it's necessarily a goalie controversy uh, yet because those guys are out, but it almost takes me back in time to when we had Gibson, Anderson, and Hiller, and that was just a complete cluster in net with those three. And it was Stolarz and Gibson healthy, and, and if Dostal's playing the way he is, um, then we might have a legit uh, goalie controversy in net, Eddie. Michael, these are Anaheim Ducks fans. It's always a goalie controversy regardless we, we could have that emergency backup goalie. That would have caused a controversy. Like, holy crap. I think the only bad game I've seen from him play, but it really, really has, it wasn't his fault because, like, the Ducks weren't there at all, was a game against Toronto when he let in those five goals on the ten shots. But he's been playing outstanding. I think he's really proved to, like, proved to everyone that he doesn't belong in the A anymore. He's ready for at least a backup role uh, uh, come up. Um, the whole thing is Stolarz hasn't played well. He he played well the first few games, and that was like the highest value you would have had to trade him. But the last few games he played before he, uh, he had his injury, he played like crap, and you're not going to get anything for him. Um, it's I'm kind of like hit or miss. So like it's just I'm like I don't know what to do with him. I want him to stay up and back up Gibson, but I don't want him to get into bad habits of what this team is is. But then send him down, and the goals aren't doing it better either. Um, if I were the GM right now, I'd probably try to trade Stolarz. See, you have a team that needs it, which right now there's no teams that need that secondary goalie or that depth in, in net, it doesn't seem like. Um, I mean, just wave him. Wave him, send him down to San Diego. Maybe he regains some form, like Brissot is, uh, that Vegas did. And he had a shutout. His, his, I think I believe his name played Player of the Week or something uh, last week. Uh, he's regaining his form. Maybe uh, Stolarz can, you know, be sent down, use it for trade bait for a team that needs that that depth in, in net, and keep Dostal up and, and let him back up Gibson because he actually uh, he, he's proving that he belongs in the NHL and and it's just the games that we've seen him play, especially the one in Edmonton. It's like no, he, he he's too good for the A. And uh, let's give Erickson X some uh, some more starts over there in the in, in San Diego. See what he what he has and what we have in net. Like maybe one day we'll have a controversy. It's going to be Dostal and Erickson X. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, yeah. So as far as him getting a bigger role, uh, yeah, you know, Eddie and I feel the same way. Uh, you know, talking about too having another bigger role. Uh, uh, Stephen asked a question about McTavish too, about him playing greatly uh, lately and getting more you know ice time. And what do we think about his development? And I, I think McTavish has done great. He's uh, the third leading scorer on the Ducks now. Five goals and 14 assists. 
And um, he's coming along. A great goal that other night against uh, Minnesota on the breakaway. Fantastic. Um, the power play is starting to got, you know, the power play's not been great, but at least now they're starting to score more so on it and to be a little bit more consistent. You know, they had him and Zegra swap flanking spots on the power play with Terry and Henrique in, in front of the net there and Fowler on the point. And we've seen him get in some action there uh, and getting some goals. And he's also, uh, you know, uh, finding players and whatnot in open slots uh, to score. Like you mentioned Carrick getting that goal and he found him in that open spot uh, in this last week or so of games. So I, I, I like what McTavish is doing overall. I, I think he's not flashy as much as like Zegras. So maybe you don't notice all, all the things that he does. But um, I, I think overall he's got a, a great game, Eddie. I mean, as far as passing and scoring, uh, you know, being able to check, uh, you know, hit people hard and then just ice awareness. Uh, everything I've seen uh, from him, I, I've just liked it so far. And, um, you know, I, I think he can just only go up from here. Oh, he's special. He is special. That pass he made to Carrick, and Carrick, like, shout out, Carrick was calling it, but he made that move and that pass. He was the reason why Carrick got that goal. And, and McTavish, yeah, I know I was hard on him in the last show because, like, I wanted him to show that more physical force, especially when someone attacks your goalie against the Wild. But his development has been great so far. I have no complaints from him. He's so, just, he's so smart on the ice. And then his, like, his hot, oh, it just, his maturity level for how young he is, too, it just, it's crazy. I've seen a lot of people like talk about him being the next captain of the Ducks. Like that could be a possibility, just the way he is. His interviews uh, that he gives too. He just this kid is something special, and I'm glad the Ducks have him. And, and I think his development's great. I think he's like he ranks number four, uh, tied for fourth amongst rookies in points. Um, it, it's it's not about points though. It's about everything else he does on the ice. I, I like to see, and I'm glad to see uh, him finding his game. From the start of the season to now, he's only going to get better and better and better. And like our GM said on uh, on that uh, Duckstream podcast that Alexis Downey hosts, that come January, most of these rookies will find their game and they'll play better. And I think uh, after January, McTavish is really going to start like sprouting out and be a lot better player. But this kid is something special, and and Ducks are lucky to have him. And I'm looking for. I keep telling you the light at the light at the end of the tunnel with Terry Zegris and now McTavish. Um, it's it's going to be a great future for the Anaheim Ducks. And I, I know we're frustrated right now, but what man, it's this this kid's special, and I love seeing him play, and I love seeing him develop and be better and better each and every game. Yeah, I, I agree, and yeah, you're right. You got Terry Zegris and McTavish a core there. Uh, you know that could lead the way for the team, and kind of kind of goes into the next little thing that some people some people talk about. You know, if the Ducks are buyers or sellers at the trade deadline. That was Curtis Brown seven asked on Instagram. And I, I still think they are sellers, but to what extent? And and this kind of came up too on the DFO podcast recently. They were talking about this this whole thing. The Ducks getting these young core players together, and then you know how is this rebuild gonna go? And so they had actually talked about. Um, having Fowler uh, be one that they would trade uh, and maybe go um, speed it up and get a big return, but I, you know, I don't know. It's, it's kind of interesting to see that if they would try to uh, do that. I, I don't know. I mean, they could get a huge return for Fowler, but then if you trade Fowler and then you're trying to trade Klingberg, you get rid of those guys. I, I don't know. Like now, you're kind of you're losing both those guys. So. I think it could help the team speed it up, but 
I, you know, I, I think you'd still have to get somebody in return. That's why I, I don't see the Ducks doing that. I, I, I see them trading Klingberg first and uh, Fowler. I, I just don't see it. I, I think unless for some reason they decide to keep Klingberg instead. But I don't I just don't see the Ducks trading both of them, Eddie. No, you really can't. Like, Klingberg was brought here for one reason. Everyone knew when he was brought over here, signing that one-year deal uh, for what he signed for. He was brought here just to to facilitate a trade come a trade deadline. Ducks weren't going to be a, a, a contending team. I think everyone knew that. I said at the first show, and I, I apologize if some of you fans thought that Ducks were just going to turn a new leaf and do something different, but they weren't. It's just... You see what you have, the product you have on the ice, doesn't really, it doesn't like facilitate what's going to go on. Like the league is really competitive, and there's a lot of teams that have actually superstar players that that just pump it up. And the Ducks just got exposed. Last season was a fluke. Everyone thought the Ducks were weren't were anything like to reckon with. They, they didn't know Terry, didn't know Zegris. Zegris and Terry came in the league and just absolutely are becoming superstars. And now teams are on that, and teams take Ducks a little more seriously than they did last season. So we had to take that into whole consideration. I think Fowler, um, I don't know, like me, maybe it's just like a personal attachment because he's been there. I think he's he, he's part of the future too. I want to see him help this team get back to where we are and I, and get back to the playoffs and help this team win a Stanley Cup. I want to see Fowler lift the Stanley Cup with the Ducks. That would be like, it's awesome to me to see that, especially all the, the the hard work, the sweat, the blood, the injuries, everything he puts into this team. Yeah, like sometimes like like we'll give him crap, like he has to step up more and stuff like that. But he does those little things that you need on the blue line. Those those little things that you don't really consider. It's not all about scoring goals or getting points. It's just doing everything, blocking shots, getting into the right corners, uh, setting up a play. Putting your body, uh, sacrifice. It just—it's all those little things that he does. Like he bleeds the ducks, and he's passionate about that, and he loves his team, and, and we love him too. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's still part of the rebuild. I, I just don't—I don't see it. I mean, unless unless for some reason that they, they want to, you know, extend Klingberg instead. Uh, but I just—I I don't see that. I just don't. Mike, I don't see that. Do not do not say right words close to Christmas. You don't want a riot to happen in Anaheim. Yeah, because you know what, you know what, you know what. Maybe I want a riot to happen in Anaheim because I need some stuff from a uh, from a hockey store over there. So <laughs> yeah, pure hockey. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't see it happening. Uh, one other player that I'll mention before we get to maybe some possible targets out there that they go for. But we had Puck Luck seventeen asked about Henrique. Does he get moved? Um, Henrique's the third leading goal scorer on the team, uh, fourth in points. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm kind of 50-50 on Henrique. Obviously, he was going to get you know moved, it seemed, with Murray, you know, getting scratched and all that kind of stuff. <coughs> so, I, I just don't know. I, I, I don't know about Henrique. Uh, I, I, I think he, I'd like to see him stay, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has moved, Eddie. Yeah, uh, same here. And I mentioned numerous times I think the Avalanche would be a best fit. I know they're going after bigger names. But I think he's one of those those players that can solidify that second role or even a third role. The the Avalanche or the last time I checked, they were kind of the bottom, if not last, in the league in faceoffs. And Henrique was at fifty two percent the last time I checked. And I think his his play style can fit 
their organization if they want to make a run again. I know they're dealing with a crap load of injuries. And they lead the league with the most uh, players used to with 36. Like That's how much injuries they have right now. Um, I can't see him uh, not getting moved at the deadline. There's going to be a lot of teams inquiring about him, especially teams that, that want to make that playoff push. The Devils have cooled off a lot lately, but I think they're still in the playoff mix. Maybe like reunite them uh, uh, with him. Who knows? But I can't see uh, Henrique being... Uh, with the Ducks past the deadline, which I, I, I want to. I like Henrik. I think he's a good player. I think he has a lot to offer, and he can he could be a future uh, with this team and help the rebuild, but I, I just can't see. I, I think a lot of teams are going to offer stuff that uh, Verbeek can't just ignore. Yeah, so it's another it's another guy to look at, uh, you know, that, that, that I, I would lean more towards maybe possibly being moved. Uh, a couple targets here that uh, you have been mentioned. Kind of let you see what you think. You know, they talked about Bor Horvat, uh, Vancouver, and then you know maybe Philly's a, a team to trade for the Ducks. Uh, James Van Riemdyk's there. That name has been around with the Ducks before in the past, and then Kevin Hayes as well. So those three names have popped out there. Nothing directly with the Ducks recently, but these are some names, Eddie. Uh, maybe some guys that the Ducks consider. What do you think? Well, yeah, JV like freaking. Uh... Uh, JVR has been like the Ducks' radar since uh, when Murray was in, when back in our, our our backseat over there when he was in Toronto. He's on a one-year deal left, a seven million. Uh, maybe Philadelphia wants to unload him. Uh, he's having a pretty decent season. Kevin Hayes, leading goal uh, point scorer for the Philadelphia Flyers, has been in Coach Turrell's doghouse. He got healthy scratched uh, the other game, and which is weird. It's just, it's just yeah. But he's a six-five center. He's a big guy. I know he has a four. He's still at four years at seven point one four two million. But I think he's someone that can thrive on a, on a better system. Uh, I just Tortorella. I love his. I guess I love his bluntness. And I love how he is. But it seems like he's uh, facilitates his own ego at sometimes. And why would you scratch your leading scorer for a mistake he's made here and there? So, I mean, it's one of those things where, I. I wouldn't want the Ducks to pursue a, a, a four-year contract at that at that cap hit, but it's something to consider if they can retain some salary, uh, some salary for him, get him at like a five or yeah, I think five million would be a fair. He's a big center and he can kind of fill the gap that Getzloff did, and he brings that physicality. He's he's leading the the crap Philadelphia Flyers uh, in points, so it's something that can something be looked at. JVR would be basically. I think with JVR would be uh, maybe a, a three-way trade. Ducks will retain him, get some salary, and retain that salary, and then trade to another team, and then get some assets from Philadelphia. But, yeah, that's something to do. And Bull Harvitt, uh, I, I, he's he's a special player. He's a good player. Uh, he, he's due for a raise. It seems like his time in Vancouver is up. And it's something that I think he can benefit the Ducks moving forward. And I think the Ducks should move – Start moving and planning on players like this that can like help their future and help the rebuild. Um, I'm not sure if he'll uh, come to the Ducks, but I think it's a player that we should uh, keep an eye on. Yeah, I think I think all three. I mean, I, you made some good points there. I mean, there's some guys that could help the Ducks. I mean, yeah, some of the contracts are a little bit bigger, but we also have a lot of space. Uh, the Ducks could also be a broker for some teams in a three-way trade as well. Uh, we already had one three-way trade. Obviously, it was a small one, but they could be part of a bigger one. 
uh, trying to help out because a lot of these teams are up against the cap. You, you've got a bunch of teams in the league that uh, they don't have any money. So I could see the Ducks uh, being involved in something crazy like that. Yeah, and well, and, and the cap next year is not going up anymore. It's going up like a million dollars. Like that's like it's not significant enough for teams to make moves. It's it, yeah, it's, it's projected. It sounds like one million, like you said. It's not 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 a whole lot. You're right. So, well, it is a whole lot for us, Mike. Like, give me a million dollars. That'd be cool. We'll be down there with the drinking that like that ten thousand dollars spot at the Honda Center. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, there's just some other trade targets to look out there. Other teams' names that are floating around there that you know they may not come to the Ducks. They may go to other teams. So uh, check those out. And then we had a couple. More questions, kind of just about the Ducks and how they're doing. Uh, we had uh, Nisrina Prahati on Instagram asked, you know, will Eakins get fired? Uh, like I said, I, I, I man, I felt after that 7 nothing game and the three losses in a row, I was kind of, kind of starting to think about it a little bit, but then they won those other ones. Um, I don't think he will. Uh, I, I mean, I think, I mean, the Ducks would have to go on a crazy, crazy losing streak. I mean, it was starting to get crazy there, and they, and they, they, you know, got a couple W's in there, so I think they're okay. So, I I don't see it, Eddie. I still I still think that he's going to be there, whether you like it or not. Uh, unless uh, Verbeek has got someone in mind that like that's the guy, and he's he's going to take the team here and going forward. Um, but just to fire him and bring in somebody temporarily, uh, I just don't see him doing it. Yeah, I don't either. But you know what? I'm for it now. Um, I I wasn't before. But now I'm thinking, okay, if you have a structure fire somewhere, you have to put it out quick. There's some fires, like those hot shots, that have to intentionally start fires to, to stop fires from happening. The ducks are that hot shot fire over there. There's a fire going on, and we need to bring someone in that's going to divert that fire. I, I just don't want this team to get into bad habits, get used to losing, get used to the structure. Uh, he, he's not doing it for the ducks for me at all. Like He's just... Going through the motions, it, it doesn't seem his team is responding to him anymore. Um, I think he's a great players coach. He's all about fitness too. He gets the, that point across to them. But I just, yeah, I get the whole tank, and I, I want the tank to happen. I want a, a potential first overall pick. But I just don't want this team to get used to to losing and, and just kind of. Uh, I forgot the the word for it. Uh, but just, I don't say generalized. That's not the right word I'm, I'm looking for. But it's just some of the the things he's doing. It's either he's intentionally trying to get the Ducks to lose, or if he's not, then dude, you need to get the hell out of coaching. But I I, I read some uh, stuff from Oilers fans like commenting on uh, what's going on. That I guess he did something similar to the Edmonton Oilers when uh, he was coaching them too. Um, I, like I agree with you, Mike. I don't think he gets fired, but I think some kind of change has to happen. Uh, I'm not saying bringing a big name coach and, and a, a full time permanent coach, but bringing an interim coach is just gonna change the whole outcome and and change the style and 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 get you know what get these players used to something different. Obviously, he's not gonna be the coach next season. If he is, I'll be surprised. Like I'll, I don't know. I'll probably get his his portrait tattooed on my ass if he's the coach for next season. Like. Now, that's how confident I, I don't think he'll be the coach next season, but it just something has to change. 
Um, you get blanked by Toronto and, and and Ottawa, and nothing happens. You keep running this 11-7. I made that joke too on Twitter. Like Ducks are gonna run 12-6 or no 12-7 and one goalie. Like it just you you never know what's him. It I don't know. Thank you, coach, for everything you've done for our team. But I think it's time for the Ducks to move a different direction. I'm not saying hire a permanent coach. Bring someone in to. Let's see how the Ducks uh, uh, do with a different system, and, and let's see what works, and start like molding what's going to work for this this uh, this type of player. I mean, obviously, we have to build the team around Zegris. Like Zegris is our franchise player, and see what's uh, see what's going to work with him. But it just yeah, we, we can't keep doing this with him. It's just the same thing, eleven seven, the same bullshit. It's not going to work. We have to start. Think about the future. Yeah, maybe next season not going to be a Stanley Cup season, but I want improvement. I want more wins. I want, we want, I should say I want, we want as fans. We want some kind of trending upwards. If not, then we'll just walk backwards on a treadmill and it's not going to work out. Trust me. I've tried it once. Drunk. Well, and then we had John Torres, 343, asked, you know, are we happy with the direction that Verbeek's taking the club? And I've started to see some people post the comments that they're not happy with Verbeek now uh, and the way that, that, that things are going. And I think part of that goes into the whole thing with Akins, like you talked about him being in there. And, you know, if he's not going to be the guy uh, next season, then, like, what are we kind of waiting for? So uh, what did you take? I mean, you kind of went over that, but do you, do you see anything Verbeek? Should we do it different outside of the coaching, Eddie? No, I think he's fine. Um, I think uh, he needs to, I, in my opinion, he needs to change something up right now with the coaching staff. Um, just to see, and, and not just like change it up for more wins, to see what kind of system and what kind of coach that's going to work for this team. That's what I want to see. Obviously, uh, he, he, he has like, he has Geiserman to lean on, like that success from him. I want to see now, it's just, where are you going to bring this team? Where are you training this team at? Are you just going to just, okay, yeah, I get it. We're, we're tanking. We're the we're a bottom feeder team, and we want the first overall pick. I get that, but what next? We can't just keep riding this coach and making excuses for him. Like, we have to or, we have to do something different. I think um, I think he's doing a, a good job with this team. He's made some good moves, and he brought a lot of assets to this team that – that's going to pay dividends in the future. Um, I just, I want him to, I guess I want more open line of communication and let him know what the plan is for this team. Um, the coaching staff, and I always said, I don't want the coach to be fired, but what I'm seeing the last few games has been atrocious and just, it's something that we can't let our players get in the habit of. We have to start, I guess, experimenting what, kind of coaching system is going to like work with our players and go from there bring an interim coach and, and see if a different system changes what works and start molding this team like this this team has something special we have special players mctavis zegris terry dostal gibson still like yeah he hasn't played well because the team in front of him but he still has a lot of hockey left in him too he's a good goaltender like we have to start thinking ahead uh, uh, and yes, we're, we're rebuilding, but let's start molding something to to get our like our direction forward. Like I keep saying, you move forward, uh, you you walk backwards on a treadmill. It's just, you're gonna 
land flat in your face. Like something has to give now. And obviously the coaching staff is or 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 head coach isn't working. Just eleven seven bullshit too. I can't stand that crap. Like it, it's like what next? Like <laughs> you what you know have like fifteen defensemen dressed and, and hope that works. I I know like we all hate Murray, but yeah, keep throwing spaghetti at the wall and see if it sticks. Like come on. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the thing with the lineup has been tough. And, and it kind of goes back to even like with Temu, you know, talking about picking up uh, that Finnish player, uh, Ellie. I mean, if they would have gotten him, they wouldn't have been down. I mean, they didn't know that Jones was going to go out and whatnot. I mean, it's 2020. But, you know, even even then, he could have pulled up someone from the goals as well uh, to, you know, kind of facilitate that instead of just riding with the seven defensemen uh, situation, which, I mean, it's worked out here and there, but o- overall, it has not. So. Uh, I'm really curious to see the direction of the trade deadline too coming up, what the team's going to do. And uh, speaking of the goals, the goals are another you know one that man they've been struggling too. They're they're down at the bottom of the AHL. Uh, they signed a couple of players to PTOs, but uh, uh, we got Thomas. He's always writing you know his little articles covering that. Um, but I mean it's been a tough go um, down in San Diego. Eddie, uh, it, it's been rough. I mean, so if, if you're Ducks fans and Goals fans, I mean, there's just not not been a lot to cheer about, unfortunately, lately. Yeah, I'm looking for a Batman team to start following and stuff like that. I, you know what? I almost got so desperate to watch the World Cup. <laughs> I'm so kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I, well, I don't watch soccer, but yeah, it's just like the, the Goals, the Ducks, it's just... Oh, man, it's so hard. I tweeted too a few weeks ago. Like I'm, I'm afraid to check the ECHL team. Uh, I think it's Tulsa. It's I don't even know their damn team. I should know that, but I'm, I'm afraid to check that. But you know what? I keep saying, and I'm like a glass half empty kind of person. But with the Ducks, I'm a glass half full, and I know this is gonna be temporarily. And I know the Ducks are just gonna explode and be just dominant, and we're gonna win a cup soon. And I'm looking forward to that. So. Hey, Mike, you know what? I have a, a fan question, too, if I, could, if I may. Oh, actually, I have two. The first one I, I read on Ducks and Pucks, why are you so sexy? And who asked that question? <laughs> <laughs> and I, No, no, you know what? No, seriously. So I think this is our last show maybe of the of the year, right? I'm looking at the calendar. Let's do a show next week. Yeah, this might be the last one, depending on – well, we'll yeah. see. We, we might do one more. I don't know. It just depends. Well, so what's your New Year's like New Year's resolution if we don't do another show? Oh, if we don't do another show, my New Year's resolution. Uh, I, for me, I, I guess just try to lose a little bit more weight. I mean, I, I I lost some, but then gained some back. So for me, I need to one, I need to get healthy, not being sick because I've been on and off sick. But uh, lose weight for me, Eddie. What about you? I want the, uh, I just want to upgrade, upgrade everything in my life, like upgrade myself, upgrade. Uh, everything and with me i believe in a like if you want to make change change starts right now that's why i've been hitting the gym i've been doing some other stuff uh to clear my mind and social stuff like that but yeah um i think like the biggest thing i want to do is like i want to be a better person each and every day than i was the day before that makes sense no it's good it's very good um, all right, let's see here. We're, we'll get to the last segment here. Um, again, just don't forget the Old City Sports Network podcast. We also are a fan, Natics affiliate. If you go to the pinned tweet on uh, Twitter, uh, you can go in there and get a discount on Ducks Gear, so check that out. 
Um, all right, so the, the Board of Governors did meet recently, and they talked about the NHL and some of the things. You, you did mention the salary cap earlier, Eddie. Uh, some other things they talked about was expanding the season from 82 games to 84, and then also expanding the playoffs, possibly making it like baseball, where maybe you have a team squares off against one team, uh, and then the winner of that would then be the team that would go in, and you know they'd go into the uh, traditional format after that. And um, I don't know. I, I'm not really a fan of any of this. I, I think hockey's a brutal sport. I don't think that they should extend um, the the season. I mean, it, it's already crazy at 82 games. And I'm not a fan of the the whole playoff thing that they were talking about. The thing that they do in baseball, I don't like it either. Honestly, I I think it's lame because you give a team that say is the the, the sixth seed or eight seed, you know, depending on whatever sport you're playing in, and they. Uh, earn the right to be in the playoffs, and then you have a team that uh, has five or six less wins, and, and now all of a sudden they, they get a chance to go in when this other team had played better. I, I, I don't know. I mean, you might have two teams that are like within a, one win or something like that, and, and it might not be a big deal, but depending on what kind of gap you allow uh, or how it unfolds, I just don't like it, and I, I don't like the whole one-game playoff thing. I, I think that's dumb. I think if you're going to do anything like that, then just make more rounds and have more teams and, and, and just go crazy, which even that I don't really like. But I, I'm just really not a fan of either one of these things, Eddie. Yeah, I'm not trying to like be like old man yells at Cloud because I'm, like, I'm not old, but stop changing the damn game. This game has been perfect for how many years? This game has been the greatest sport in the world. If you're trying to expand to new fans and, and get more fans to, to to love this sport, then stop making it so gosh damn hard for fans to watch the effing game. You know what? No, the fucking games. My first F word of the show, I can I can say. It's so frustrating reading on Twitter, reading on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, reading our group chat that fans can't watch the games without having to jump through hoops. If you want to change anything in hockey, make it accessible for different people and different, uh, not, not just fans, but random people to watch the damn games. I want to walk into a bar, see hockey played, and I, every time I ask for a game, it's like a jump through hoops. Like, oh, and I, I'm not just talking about Ducks games uh, or, or anything. I'm talking about like random, like just like there's so many people that, that I talk to at bars and I talk to that that don't even know about hockey and the, their whole thing is like oh well i i can't get the game or like i don't have this i don't have that basketball football baseball the the world soccer every other sport i i bet you i can find a effing badminton game right now on just regular tv like dude if you want to change the game and change the nhl then make it accessible for all the fans to see different people uh of uh, 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 the yeah, just 84 games? Like, what's that going to do? 84 games of not having, uh, of blackouts, not having fans be able to watch the game? You, you can't even put this game for fans. And I'm sorry, Mike, if I'm going on a rant. I'm just getting sick and tired of uh, people, uh, seeing people complain about this. And not complain, they have every right to complain. Just fans can't watch the games. If fans can't watch the games, new fans that you're trying to get won't watch the games because they can't get it. But now you want to make, oh, changes to this, 84 games, or no hitting, or something like that. Oh, this is bullshit, man. You want this league to thrive, start making it more accessible. Not adding more games or changing the format. That's not the, that's the issue. I think that this commissioner needs to go, like, I, I don't know what's going on in his ass. 
he's probably doing drugs or something because he's obviously not trying to like reach out and, and grow this game. And my rant's over. <laughs> no, you're fine. I mean, I feel the same way. I, I don't like when they try to make stuff more inclusive, you know, uh, uh, whatever you have to join this, you know, uh, program or this, um, you know, broadcasting network or subscribe to this or subscribe to this. And you gotta, you gotta jump into this little group here, uh, to be included in everything. I, I'm not a big fan of that. They should expand it and not try to make it these little select groups of, uh, media outlets and whatnot. So I, I'm with you on that. Um, and, and this is all just about more money anyways. That's all that it is with this, with all of it. I mean, you have to pay this, you know, go to these groups to watch the games now they want more games in the regular season playoffs. It all comes down to money. We all we all know that's what it is. So I hope they don't do it, but they probably will. A um, couple former Ducks news. We had uh, Ricardo Kell. He's on Pittsburgh. He had his 600th NHL game. So congrats to him. And then kind of a weird thing. I, I guess we never really found out about this. Um, but I, I, you, you found this, Eddie, is that uh, Brendan Gooley, who used to play for the Ducks, uh, he retired and he's only 25 years old. Crazy. That's awesome. I wish uh, when I was 25 I could retire, but he retired for personal reasons, so I really hope, like, whatever that is, I I, I just kind of hope he finds himself, and and I hope uh, he has success in the future. Um, I know uh, a lot of athletes and players, sometimes it just it gets to you, all the training, all the stuff you've done. Um, I'm just a I'm just a beer league player and sometimes like playing beer league gets to me and, and life gets to you. So I, I just wish him all the best and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And I, hopefully he, he finds whatever he, he, he has to find and goes from there. Um, if you guys don't remember, we got Gooley, uh, from the Sabres and changed for Brandon Montour and a 2019 first round pick that was Braden Tracy, the Sabres went ahead and traded him, uh, Brandon Montour, to the Panthers for a third-round pick. So, Gooley, um, I hope you have a good retirement if that's the case. If not, um, I hope you find what you're looking for and come back if you want to. But I wish you nothing but the best, and thank you for your time in Anaheim. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see, a couple other things around the league here. We had... Uh... Let's see, Montreal, they're going to honor P.K. Subban on January 12th. Uh, it, I don't know the specifics. Do you know the specifics on this, Eddie? What, what are they going to do? Are they going to retire his jersey, or what are they doing? No, they're just going to, just I guess, honor him. Um, he, he he was a badass player in Montreal. He did, like, that hundred, like, I think he donated $100 million to that children's hospital. So it's like, that's, that's awesome for him. Um, he did sign a, a contract with ESPN to be an analyst, and he's been doing pretty well i've seen so it's good for them and their whole community to honor him especially with that children's hospital like you guys can like i'm not a big fan of him i i I think he's a selfish player but what he did for that children's hospital no one in no one in the world can overlook that like that was something awesome so i'm glad that he's gonna get recognition and honor uh for that and congratulations to him and the montreal canadians for that yeah, exactly. I mean, the off-ice stuff you definitely have to look at as well as the on-ice stuff. Uh, we had another retirement, too. Uh, Andrew Hammond, the hamburger, uh, from Ottawa. So, kind of interesting to see uh, him go. You know, he, he had a pretty good run uh, in his career. He's uh, 34, Eddie, when he, you know, with him announced his retirement. Yeah, he had a, he had a, he signed with the, 
ironically, the Canadians <laughs> we just got, got done talking about, he had an ankle injury that he just really couldn't come back from. But yeah, he was a he was a great story. He signed as an undrafted free agent. Uh, he came into the league and he went to his first uh, his first chance or his first starts uh, due to injuries, uh, going fourteen zero and one. Uh, he didn't allow more than two goals in those thirteen of, of those, and he helped the Ottawa Senators get to the playoffs. Um, my biggest memory of him when they traded uh, when the Avalanche traded Matt Duchesne, that three way trade to Nashville and Ottawa. He was back to the um to the to the Avalanche. The Avalanche had two of their goalies go down. I think it was Game Five in the Nashville series, and the Hamburgers just stood in his head and stole the game. Unfortunately, the Avalanche lost in that series, but he, he had some special moments, and it, it sucks that an injury has to take a player like that out, but congratulations to him on making it as an undrafted player and his success that he had, and I wish him all the best, too. And then we also had Ovechkin getting his uh, 800th goal. He uh, got a hat-trick in that game to get that goal. Uh, which congrats to him, but I, I think the funny storyline about this is uh, people like trying to tear him down because of empty net goals, Eddie. It just just blows my mind that they're actually like discussing this. Well, there's always gonna be haters. Like Ovechkin is the most prolific goal scorer. Like he just everyone knows what he's gonna do, and they just don't take him. Every goalie knows his shot, and he just his shot. I I, I don't know. I think Ovechkin's going to go down as the greatest goal scorer in NHL history. Even Gretzky wants to. I said this numerous times on another show, too. Um, Gretzky actually leads the the whole like NHL whatever record on empty net points. So it's with 60, or no, uh, 85. Uh, Crosby's with 68, and then Wheeler uh, with 67. So it's just... Congratulations to him. Like, you guys are just being haters. Be haters. You have some haterade. I have some good flavors if you want. But you know what? I think Ovechkin's going to break this record, and he he's best goal scorer of our time, Mike. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. I just think it's funny because, you know, just, I don't know. Just trying to tear him down. It just cracks me up. But, yeah, I I, I mean, he's, he's amazing. Um, you know, I'm curious to see how, how, how many he will get eventually. Uh, lastly, I guess kind of a funny thing to end the show on with is, um, <laughs> you had one of the linesmen in Toronto, Dan Kelly, he, uh, pushed Michael Bunting into the tunnel after he, uh, Bunting was getting all a- animated after, uh, uh, altercation. I just thought it was kind of funny because, uh, it was almost like the ref committed a penalty against him, Eddie. Oh yeah. That was, uh, you know, that kind of ticked me off a little bit. Like if Bunting would have touched the ref. Cali, it had been like whole controversy, and the way uh, Cali pushed him aggressively like that, it's like, dude, come on, like, you can't do that, and, and you know this player can't touch you back because it'd be a, a, a abuse on an official. I'll tell you one story real quick, and I won't go into that much detail, but one ref that put their hands on me got their ass kicked, and, and I I knocked him out, and this one, okay, oh, I'll tell the story. This one game in Colorado, we had a big old fight and brawl. I got kicked out, whatever. I'm good with that. I was defending a teammate, and I dropped my gloves, and yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm skating out, and this guy is skating over there by the glass, calling my uh, one of my best friend's wife a, a bitch. I, I'm not going to let that fly. It's my best friend. So I, I go walk out, and the ref grabs me, puts his hand on my throat, 
game on, dude. You touch me, I knock him out. I'm kicked out of that league permanently. I don't care. It was worth it. You touch a player like that the way he did, you should get some kind of discipline. But it's like nothing. Uh, Dan Kelly played against Michael Bunting, too, in the AHL. He also had a 10-game suspension, too, on a hit with a Toronto Marlies player. So it's just, And the league's not really commenting on that or doing anything about that. But, you know, Michael Bunting, if you would have knocked out Dan Kelly, and I want to see one of the lines and the refs knocked out because they've just been pissing me off for the last few seasons. But that was kind of bad to see. And uh, I don't know. I, the league has to do something about that. Yeah, I was surprised uh, that nothing happened with it. You know, I, it was interesting. I, I thought it was a little bit much. So, uh, if you didn't see it, go back and check out that play, and you'll see it's it's kind of hilarious, but it's kind of annoying at the same time. Uh, so that'll do it. That'll wrap up the show. Uh, just want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and uh, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays. Uh, don't forget to check out our Patreon.com/slash Ducks and Pucks. You can sign up on there uh, for stuff. And just thank you for all the support. And uh, if we don't see you guys until uh, New Year's, then uh, that'll be it. And, uh, you know, we'll see you then. We, we might try to squeeze in a show beforehand, but uh, we'll see how our schedules are. And uh, as always, let's go Ducks.